It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard, Dennis and Brady, Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. And uh, Brady, it's another busy day as we look at week four, believe it or not, of the high school football season. And of course, we'll have the picks coming up at the end of the show. Dare I say, well, I made the picks intentionally a little tougher this week, so it might be tougher than week one. That's also because we have a lot of interesting matchups in the MAC. Marysville goes to Lamphere. Can Marysville, as we've said all week, shed week one? St. Clair going to Clintondale. Can they improve on what was a moral victory in week two? And in the BWAC, there's a couple big ones, Richmond and Yale. That one could be who eventually goes, all right, Dennis, you can just bugger right off (laughs) because no one can see you, Um, and I had to catch myself. But Richmond and Yale, a – Trying to make Brady laugh. Richmond and Yale with a game (laughs) that might determine who goes to the playoffs or at least makes their playoff lives a lot easier. And then Almont North Branch is a game I have no idea what's going to happen. And that yeah, that, that's the one that I the think games. that's the one that is the most intriguing uh, to me. I, I will. I want to find out how that game goes, and then I want to hear what you have to what, what your thoughts on it, since you're going to see it. Well, I at least have been out at North Branch practice. I got to talk to Coach Sakura, and North Branch is big. Like okay. we knew Bickle was big, but there's big guys all around him as well. Okay, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll get into it with the MAC games first, uh, and then uh, I, I believe Mr. Gallagher is going to join us. I know he's here for the picks, right? And hopefully he'll be here when we start talking about what's going on in the Thumb this week because there's some big games, especially an eight-man too. Yeah. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Fransic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. Call us at 800 848 5150. 
Dura Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Dura Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Dura Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Finding that missing shin guard, remembering whether it's a home or away game, getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. Dine out with the feel of being at home when you visit the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. Come for the food and stay for the family atmosphere. Try all of Chef Susie's world-famous homemade soups and sauces. Open Tuesday through Sunday at 8 a.m. for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin also does carry-out. Call 810-378-5565. Whether you want a great steak or their delicious fettuccine Alfredo, they have a menu for all tastes with daily specials. So come to the place where no one is a stranger, the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Welcome back, Dennis and uh, Brady, and we'll start in the uh, Mac, uh, Brady. Um, You want to go blue or silver first? Let's go with the blue first, um, just because I think these are two games that are just a setup for next week. Let's start with Northern because they take on Sterling Heights. Sterling Heights has been bad. Uh, they, they've struggled for a while. They had a, a little stretch and they were there competitive. They won a league title at one point, but that's a long, long time ago. Well, one thing they struggle with is their offense. They, they don't score a ton of points. They, their, their highest output in three weeks was week one when they got 14 and they lost that game by 20. Their best defensive output was against Lakeshore in League 2. They lost the game 12-6. to Lakeshore's not that good. Um, and they've given up over 30 in their other two losses. Uh, I, I think this is one of those teams where you're going to look at it and you're going to go, Northern should win 40-6 to and they're going to frustrate you a little bit because they're only going to win 28-6. to But the game's never going to feel yeah. in doubt. If Northern gets a two-score lead, I think the game it's curtains on this game. Yes. Like, they would have to have a week one-esque five-turnover game for Sterling Heights to have a chance in this one. And I don't think that's going to happen because they're not facing a gross point south defense. They're facing a Sterling Heights defense. We're now into week four of the season where I, I think Northern should be getting uh, a little more confident. Um, the other thing about it is uh, the other parts of Northern's game seem to be running right. Like their defense has been good the last two weeks. Their special teams have been good. They blocked a, a punt against Fitzgerald, I believe it was, yep. and they had a, a kick return or a punt return against Lance Cruz North. So, And those are areas where the Huskies have dominated everybody else the last couple of years, and I, I think things are coming together, and I fully expect Northern to be 3-1. and one. 
headed into the Crosstown Showdown. Well, just look at the points they've given up. Against Gross Point South, 38. Against Fitz, 14. Against Lance Cruz North, 9. Can they continue to lower that number? I think they can. And granted, again, Gross Point South a lot different than those other two teams, but they're getting better, and there was a lot of youth on that team. And as you start to hit your stride in the middle of the year, you start to shed that youthfulness and that the, the mistakes that come with it. But, yeah, unless they're just completely focusing on Port Huron and they're not paying attention to Sterling Heights, which I almost guarantee you they're not, they should go down there and they should come back with a very nice win. Yeah, you know, uh, as good as their defense has been, Northern's not really a shutout team. But this is a week where I feel like you can get one. They've had uh, they had only one last year, and they had two the year before. So you're right. A team that usually gives up like seven or fourteen points very rarely puts up the goose egg. But I think this is one where Northern can go out win, get some confidence, and maybe rest some guys in the second half, knowing what's coming up ahead next week. But yeah, that's really all I have for this one because I think Northern should roll and they're going to have plenty of time in the spotlight next week. Yeah, and like, like I say, Sterling Heights is 0-3 this year. They've really struggled in the blue, um, and and I and I really can't explain it because that's a big area. They, they've got a lot of... I think they have a lot of kids in their school that just aren't football or sports-centric yeah. pe- yeah. people that they have a lot of... Um, just non-athletes in the school. Like, they have a lot of numbers, but I don't think they necessarily have a big athlete pool to pull from. Frazier beat Sterling Heights last week 35-12. to They're 2-1 and on the season, and they are 1-0 and in Mac Blue play, and they've got PH. The Redhawks had to win dramatically at Mott, but that's really not bothering my confidence because – Mott is the next best team in the blue that doesn't have Port Huron in its name. Yeah. Uh, and, again, it was on the road. We had, we talked about that game at length earlier in the week and, and, and on Saturday morning. Port Huron, is, they get this game at home, and Frazier has not had a fun time coming up to Memorial Stadium. Dennis, when you were going through your notes, you, you found that one, and just share with the class how bad it's been for yeah, Frazier the, the, basically they, the last five years. They haven't won a game uh, at Memorial Stadium since uh, 2017. And their last five games, two against PH, three against Northern, uh, they've been shellacked pretty good. They've actually been outscored 187 to 56. Their biggest offensive output was 16 points, and that was in a 28-point loss. The last two times they played PH – at the stadium, PH has beaten them 93-19. to They had a 42-7 to win in 2018 and a 51-12 to win in 2020. That was Amari Holler's debut as a freshman. He came in at quarterback in the second half, and the, I think the first two times he touched the ball, he had long touchdown runs. Yeah, so that's when you knew there was uh, something there. But Frazier's 2-1. Their wins are over at Sterling Heights. Rewind the pot about five minutes to get our thoughts on them. And then Troy Athens. Troy Athens isn't a, a great team. And Warren Woods Towers, Frazier's loss. Towers wins, I believe, are Sterling Heights and some other team. Or they're, yeah, they're one and two. Their only other win is, uh, 
is against Frazier, excuse me, I was thinking of another one. But they lost to Lakeshore, and they've lost to Lakeview. This Frazier team doesn't instill me with a ton of confidence. This is a Frazier team that I think is going to be in for a little bit of punishment the next three weeks. And I think it starts against Port Huron High. I think Port Huron will be laser-focused, take care of business at home, because you know what's on the horizon, don't want to stub your toe. Although you could make the case this is a trap game because, all right, you know going down to Mott's tough. You just had the big thrilling win there. Next week's Northern, and Frazier lies right in between. If you want to make the case for a trap game, you could, but I just think Port Huron's going to be too good for Frazier. Yeah, uh, I just, uh, again, in high school sports, history doesn't mean a whole lot, but <clears throat> Frazier won the first three times they played PH, and they're 2-14 and 14 since, and they just they don't beat the Port Huron area school district teams very often, and they've been playing them for a long time. Right, uh, and and this is a good PH team, um, and I don't know if Frazier's good, bad, or indifferent, but I just don't see them coming up here on Friday night and being able to deal with what PH is doing um, defensively. I expect PH to be able to hold Frazier in check, uh, and offensively, I believe that. Um, the the guys for PH are going to be too much to handle. You mentioned how much Frazier struggled against the Port Huron area schools all time, or I guess since 1950. They are twenty. Port Huron area schools are 26 and eight yeah. against Frazier. Yeah, Northern's 12 and three against them, and PH is 14 and five against them. <laughs> and and PH has has won again 14 of the last 16 meetings after Frazier won the first three games the two schools ever played. So I and think most of the games have been very lopsided when PH wins. And I think Port Huron is due for another big game. They're not Mott. They're not Anchor Bay. So Port Huron, as long as everything goes according to plan and they're not looking ahead or they don't give the ball to Frazier five times, that Frazier is going to take a couple on the chin. All right, let's go to the Max Silver. Uh, do you want to get Marine City running past Southlake out of the way first? Well, I mean, uh, this is actually a good week for Marine City to have this type of an opponent because the injuries in the St. Clair game this gives you an opportunity, like, if you had to go right away with Marysville or right away with Lamphere, I don't know. Marine City might be in in trouble. Now, I, maybe they got all their guys back. Um, yeah, uh, hopefully all the tests were negative. And, all right, you sit out Monday's practice, you're back with the team Tuesday. I don't know if that's the case. It didn't look great. Um, but, yes, this is a, a week where you need to have South Lake a, a – Game where you don't have to have all your horses and you can still feel pretty comfortable that you're going to get the win. Yeah, I think they're going to win this football game. The, the question is, is if they've got everybody back, they're not going to have a problem winning this football game. If they've got to break new people in and the score's a little it bit won't closer, get to running time. Yeah, I'm going to know that. Well, it was closer because they they had a new lineup in there. Even and with, guys were were getting their legs. If they play with the lineup that ended the St. Clair game. They will still dominate Southlake. So. Unless they incurred multiple injuries this week during practice, the team that Marine City had out there at the end of the St. Clair game will be enough to not just beat Southlake but run past Southlake with ease. 
Now, what Marysville team is going to show up this week at Lamphere? That's that's the ultimate question. If Marysville goes down to Lamphere and gets a win, we have to at least stop holding week one against them as much. I don't know if that completely absolves it. Again, it also goes in tandem with what Almont does at North Branch. If Marysville goes to Lampfear and wins, and Almont goes up to North Branch, and let's say they win by double digits, they win by two scores, do you just go, okay, Almont's really good and Marysville is not quite their level and played a bad week one and kind of strike it from the record and say, all right, the Marine City game's the new barometer? The 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 problem with with Marysville is that they've been great the last two weeks. They've just been great against really bad. And I think they know that. I think they understand that this is the game where they have to yeah. earn their respect back. And and Lamphere, you know, they're they're three and zero. Oh. They, <sighs> you say they're not crushing people, but actually their closest game is what last week where they won by three touchdowns. Right, but I mean, you beating look, teams by three touchdowns yes, is beating teams by I pretty good. I get that, but look at what they were doing last year, putting up 64 points, putting up 48 against Clintondale, and they were they had the ability to score six, seven, eight touchdowns in a game. Their highest point output this year is 34, which isn't bad, but again, this is a lamp for your offense that the last few years, you thought if you held them under 35, you're giving yourself a chance. And now that's the high watermark for them. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying their offense isn't as explosive and dynamic as it's been the past few years. So do I think Marysville's defense is better than Sterling Heights and Centerlines? Yeah. So I think they can hold Lamphere in the 20s. The question is, can they score in the 20s? Because while their offense hasn't been that great, their defense hasn't given up more than 14 points in a game. And I think that might be where Lamphere's strength is this year. Yeah, I just I I look at it. Lampfear again. Sterling Heights not a great team, but they're up in the blue. Centerline is definitely not a great team, and they're down in the bronze. Clintondale was a league game, and they won it twenty-one to nothing. And we're going to talk about Clintondale in, in a second. I don't know what to make of this football team because they've been shut out twice, and in the middle they scored fifty-eight points. It was against New Haven, who, again, is a lower bronze team. But Gross Point North is solid, and Lamphere is solid. So, and But those are two big losses for Clintondale. But 22 to nothing and 21 to nothing, and you're telling me 21 to nothing isn't that impressive of a win. So is it that bad of a loss? I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But with Lamphere. They're playing decent defense. They are. Like with St. Clair, you have to have offensive score. But anyway, back to Marysville, Lampfear. Um, I, I think this is just to not have a lot of nuance, put up or shut up for Marysville, that you go down there, you get a win. Okay, we can start talking about, does this team deserve to crack the top 10? Does this team deserve to get a little more respect? And what can they do against the Marine City team that will find out how many of the weapons they'll have next week? But before any of that happens, the precursors, you just have to go to Lamphere and win. No ifs, ands, or buts. And you know what? If Marysville goes down there and gets a weird 7-6 to six victory, I, I'm not going to hold it against well, no, them. No, I, I don't care how you win. Just win. Right. I don't care if it's a one-point game or a 50-point game. If it's a 50-point game, I'm obviously going to be like, oh, wow. You know, Marysville has arrived, and they are really good, like we thought they were going to be before the season started. If it's a one-point win, I don't care. They beat a good team by one point at their place. Yeah, on the road. 
I don't care if it's a, a botched extra point at the end of the game that gives you a 7-6 victory. Just go down there and win. Find a way to get that stink off of you, and then we'll we'll be able to talk about your game against Marine City next week. Because I, I, I think it'll be a little higher scoring game, but <laughs> who knows? I mean, both defenses have been playing well the last two weeks. The only points in the last two weeks, there have been one game where either Lamphere or Marysville has given up points. This could be a low-scoring dogfight. I think I think you're going to have to score at least four touchdowns to win this game. I, I think there'll be a few more points. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I just I know Lamphere's defense is better than it has been in the past, and maybe their offense is taking a step back, and their defense is what needs to is what has to help set up the offense. All right, you were you were talking about St. Clair Clintondale. I this, think, I think, will yes. be a low-scoring game. I think Clintondale was a 12-6 game in overtime, I believe, last year. Uh, Clintondale, I think, has a good defense. I don't think that's disputed. I just think they might have trouble moving the ball, and St. Clair's strength is their defense. And I liked what I saw from St. Clair's offense enough. Get to 20 points, I think you win this game. Oh, I, I think if one team gets to 20 points, they're definitely in the driver's seat in this one. This has got like 14 to 13 written all over it to me. That that might be the difference in this game, somebody missing an extra point. I just I want to see what St. Clair does because against two teams that we really like, um, or against, against two teams that we think are at least good, Gross Point North and Lanfear, they haven't scored a point. So I guess if we take the same approach we took with Marysville, New, they put up 58 on New Haven, but what does that really tell us? Not a lot. New Haven's giving up a gazillion points this year. So this is kind of a test for Clintondale as well. I think St. Clair, their front four, did a really nice job against Marine City. Continue that. And I want to see how this offense evolves Hey, you, you put up 20 against Marine City, and I liked what your offense was doing. Hey, go have a repeat performance. Prove it's not just a flash in the pan. Come back out, put up three, four touchdowns, and start to build a little momentum as you try to make your case as a playoff team. You put yourself in a hole at one and two, but you look at your next stretch of games from now until week eight, Lampfear is going to be tough, and Marysville is the other tough game, but you have a chance to at least go 3-2 and two in your next set of games. Yeah, and, and th- this is the stretch where I think St. Clair's got to make some hay um, and, and win some ball games. Like It's important for them over the next three, four weeks to have a winning record in those games. And realistically, if you want to be in the playoffs, you kind of have to go 4-1. and one. You can't lose to Clintondale, Southlake, or Hazel Park, and then you have to steal one of Lamphere or Marysville because that puts you at four, or excuse me, puts you at five and three going into the Northern game, which you know is going to be a tough one. Yeah, you don't want to go into Week Nine having to have to win that game. I mean, it'd be nice if you could, but you don't want to go into that game having to beat a Mac Blue team that's got a great defense and offense is suspect, although. Over 20 points the last uh, two weeks, so I'm I'm encouraged by that. But you know, you know what would really encourage me is if if the Saints put together 
I think they're going to play good defense in this game. If they put together another strong game offensively, um, that would make me feel a lot better about St. Clair. Again, I don't think that they're a bad team, but they've got to do a little bit more before I think that they're a great team. All right. Uh, that's it for the Mac. And, well, it doesn't get any easier with the BWAC and the Thumb because there are some some tough matchups this week. And we're going to bring on our friend from the Thumb for that one. We are. We are. We are. Oh, we are. Hi. Yeah, Mr. Gallagher's here, and we'll uh, talk to him uh, next. Feel more confident and in control of your financial life. Ameriprise Advisors can work with you to provide personalized, goal-based advice based on your short and long-term goals. Plus, you can track your investments and financial solutions with our digital tools and regular meetings. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527. Next has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. In Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, Preferred think Mattress Gutters in Emily City has been family-owned and operated since 1997. With in-house employees, when you call Preferred, you get Preferred. At Preferred, they manufacture all components, making them the warehouse. This ensures prompt installation from Preferred's well-trained and courteous staff, serving St. Clair, Sanilac, Genesee, and northern Macomb counties. Give Melissa a call and she'll be happy to schedule a quote. No high-pressure sales. Just great service from Preferred Seamless Gutters in Imlay City. Call Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you this need your Amari next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car at Company Port High School. As a high school student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region here at Port Huron Schools. The district provides personalized success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the field. I know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools has prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. And uh, we have uh, got... uh, Brendan Gallagher with us? No, no Mike Gallagher. <laughs> I always want to call you a Montreal Canadian. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, so we'll talk about the non-thumb games first in the BWAC, just so once we get rolling with Mike, we don't have to stop for anything. So, Dennis, do you want to start with, with Yale, Richmond, or North Branch and Almont? Um, Yale, Richmond. All right. This is a big one for both sides. Yale's coming off that loss to North Branch, Richmond is trying to regain some respect in the BWAC, and they know it's a big one. 
and I think it helped it, it's at Richmond. Um, I don't know what to make of Yale because after putting up 33 on Armada, they put up six against North Branch. So what can Richmond do to slow down Yale or what can Yale do to bounce back and you know reclaim some footing and try to make a late push for a league title? Well, I, I think uh, there's pros and cons both ways. I think what helps Richmond this year is they're better because their defense has been playing really well. I, I think their offense is still searching, although the Benetti to Benetti combination. He has, what, has, five touchdowns yeah, in three games as a freshman? Yeah, right, right away. The brothers see eye to eye. Shocker. And 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 they do good things. But uh, Yale, you know, Yale can score. And Richmond's defense is going to be what keeps them in this game and gives them a chance to win. They need to have a big effort. They need to set the tone. I know Yale got held to six points last week. I think that's an anomaly. Well, I guess the question is, is did North Branch give at least some blueprint of this is how you can go about stopping Yale? Maybe not six points. I think I agree with you that's an anomaly, but hold them to 20 points. Hold them to only a couple scores and give your offense some chances because I think Richmond has some playmakers that they can either put or have in the secondary that can at least slow down Yale's passing attack. Well, they're going to need to because you know that Yale's going to come out and they're going to sling the ball around. Right. Uh, or at least uh, try to. Um, so, you know, w- which is the real Yale Bulldogs? The the team that uh, scored over 30 on Armada or the team that got six last week? And how good is North Branch? Right. Because that's the other thing about it. Uh, with Richmond, it's it's a little easier, I, I guess, because who they've played so far this year, they shut down St. Clair, but we know the Saints struggle to, to score. I thought their defense played really well at Crosslex. The 29-10 score is actually a little bit deceptive. Let's call it 21. Be, because the Pioneers got a touchdown yeah, in the in the last minute, and that was a 14-10 game early in the uh, the fourth uh, quarter. And then, you know, Al- Algonac is struggling. They don't have their quarterback, and they're not going to score a lot anyways. Um, so it's it's just hard to tell how good Richmond's defense is, except for that second game gives me a little hope that that's what gives them the chance to win. And they exploded for 49 points last week. But, again, they should score 49 points against Algonac. I don't expect them to score 49 against Yale, but they better score in the 20s if they want to win this game. And I do think it helps a lot that this game is just not in Yale Park. I think that helps Richmond. You you get it on a little bit of a fast track at the turf at Richmond. I do think that helps the Blue Devils some because going to Yale Park sucks. Yeah, it it does, Uh, and it is an advantage for uh, Yale, but, you know, I, I look at that spread offense on a turf field, and go. Uh, I don't know that I want to face it. But you there know, either. Richmond's got some. You you like Browning, you like him for Richmond Bergeron. I wish they nice used team. him more. Well, hopefully they will in the, this Yale game, or at least find a way to get the offense humming a bit. So that game could be high score and it could be low score, and we're not sure. I think Almont North Branch is going to be extremely low scoring. 
Okay, I, I won't argue with that. Elmont hasn't given up a point this year. And, I again, uh, I'm trying to figure out what North Branch uh, is. Uh, they played a, a good uh, Forest Hills Eastern team. Tough. They blew out Imlay City. And then they went into Yale Park and won by eight points last week. Uh, they're, they're either really, really good or not bad. Well, I, I don't. The one thing that I will say, North Branch is not a bad football team. No, I just don't know how good they are. But after they after a Forest Hills Eastern came to North Branch and won twenty one to six, they beat South Haven forty seven fourteen and Ottawa Hills sixty four to nothing. So this is a team that puts up points, and I don't know if those two teams are are good or not. That was South Haven's only loss of the year. But I do know that North Branch held them to 21. They couldn't get their offense going, and I know they've made adjustments in the offense since then. It's the first game under a new staff and a, and a new system, so I can excuse the six points. Since then, they've given up seven to MLA City and six to Yale. 34 points in three games is pretty good. You mentioned Almont yet to be scored on. Their opponents haven't been great. Marysville's trying to make that win look better back in week one, but this is going to tell us a lot. I think both sides have some size. North Branch is definitely bigger. Um, up front, they are huge. But this might be a game, Dennis, where each offense gets to touch the ball six times. If they're running, 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 getting a couple first downs, you might only get to have the ball for six, seven possessions, and that makes all of them the, all the more important. The problem is, is I don't know how potent an offense North Branch has, and so if they get six possessions, I'm not sure how many points they can score. Um, but against Almont, they better have a really good defense because Almont is the type of team that with six possessions they can score five or six touchdowns. Right, but I I don't think it's a stretch saying that this North Branch defense is going to be far and away the best defense they've played, and probably the biggest defense they've played. I would agree with that. So it, it it really comes down to what has Almont figured out? I mean, Coach Lusby even said he's like we haven't played uh, uh, one of the top tier teams in the BWAC yet. We're still we're, we want to see this litmus test for where we are. And for North Branch, I think this game can determine the rest of the year. And is it fair to say this is the number one contenders match for Crosslex? That as of right now, after this week, whoever wins this game, we well, would have yeah, as the number one contender for the Pioneers. Because we're we're presuming that Crosslex is going to win this week. Yes. So at the end of this week, Crosslex and the winner of this game are going to be the only undefeateds in league play in the the BWAC. So obviously, that's going to be the game you circle as the biggest one. Now, I think there's landmines every week right. in, in this league, and somebody's going to beat somebody where you're not expecting it. It happens every year. But I'm just, we're going to know about Elmont after the next three weeks. At North Branch, our maiden cross-lex at home. They're, they're, if they're 6-0, and they're the best team in the area. Uh, and if they're 5-1, and they're pretty damn good. And if they're 3-3, three and three, they were fraudulent. All right. So anything else on this game before we move on to the rest of the BWAC? No, let's let's... Do the rest because again, Armada MLA City. That's, we're not going to know about this game till it's over. The the Almont right. Uh, Armada should. This is a get right week for Armada. I can't imagine practices have been the most cheerful out at Armada. This is a spot where they need to 
regain their footing and make a push because if you drop one more game, now all of a sudden you're going, Corona's a tough game at the end of the year. You're worried about your playoff lives at that point. So this is a game that Armada has to have. And coming up, uh, you mentioned they play Almont next week. And then they have North Branch Richmond at the end of the league schedule. I I really can't afford to drop one more game um, outside of either Almont or Corona. Well, uh, if they don't win this week, there's big time problems right. at Armada. Their offense is going to score. They got to get better on defense. They're giving up way too many points. They've given up 87 points in the last two weeks. This team is better than that. They need to pitch a shutout. I think you'll see a pretty dominant performance. Okay, now let's finally go up to Sanilac County and the thumb. Uh, Mike Gallagher, would you like to give us the hard-hitting analysis on Croslex Algonac? Uh, Pioneers by 50. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a, it's a team in the BWAC that's trying to find its footing against a team in the BWAC that is established in the favorite to win the league as of now. Mm-hmm. And I like uh, the analogy you've been uh, using, Dennis, that there's landmines throughout the, the conference in the BWAC. And so far, Croslex has navigated those. Um, and it, it's it been different each week. You know, the Richmond game was more of a, a defensive game, and then obviously the Armada game more of an offensive showcase. Um, so it'll be nice this week to not have to worry about uh, any landmines. Uh, you can kind of work on some things. Um, not that there's really much Croslex needs to work on, but it'll just be it, – it's a nice week for Croslex where you get to go out, take care of your business, uh, get some of the backups, some reps, and then let Almont and North Branch beat each other up, and then you know, you'll know you know more about the conference after that. Well, the, the thing here, too, is that they don't have to, to do a whole lot. They can hold back, actually, in this game, and they're still going to be all right. They don't have to show Yale everything that they're going to bring them the next week. Right. It's Yale-Almont the next two weeks after this. Get, get your starters out early. Get some guys rest so you're not putting extra tread on the tires or extra wear on the tires for the, the rest of your conference play. All right, you want to go up to go way up in the thumb? I know they're not in your coverage area, but Ubley Harbor Beach is this week, mm-hmm. and if for the people that maybe are in, in Mac country in St. Clair, Marine City, or, or down this way, that is as bad. Big of a rivalry as you'll find in the state of Michigan. Yeah, the backyard brawl, um, and it's uh, it's one of those rivalries where it's it's a friendly rivalry. Uh, you know, all these kids know each other; they all live mm-hmm. pretty close to each other. Uh, a lot of families and that kind of stuff, but uh, it's still a rivalry, and uh, it can get nasty at times. You know, they they still hate each other. You know, but mm-hmm. after the game, they're shaking hands, they're hugging. Um, so that that's what I like about the rivalry. Um, you know, that it can be, uh, you know, it can be aggressive at times, but at the end of the day, you know, everybody's still friendly and, uh, you know, um, but this year, I think, you know, the past couple years, it hasn't been as close, uh, of games. I, I think this year that gap closes a little bit. Yeah, it was 53, 50 to 33, two years ago and 42 to nothing last year. Yeah. Both teams three and oh. Ubley has looked as, I don't want to say as dominant as ever, but a a step below, so still super dominant. They just didn't get to running time against Marlette. We'll talk about them in a minute. And Harbor Beach has 
they had a pretty nice start against some tough teams. They beat Cardinal Mooney, they beat Cassidy, and then they ran up the score on Bad Axe. This, this is an interesting one. This is a really, really tough one for me. So I was at uh, Marlette Ubley last week for about a quarter. I was kind of bouncing between Brown mm-hmm. City and Marlette. And um, it, I, I, ha- I hadn't seen Ubley in person in a while, uh, mainly because uh, when Ubley plays against my teams, they beat them pretty badly. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I don't get a chance to cover them. Um, but it's just watching and, – and I've seen, you know, being from the thumb, I've seen a lot of wing T teams um, – Ubley, it's it's just different. They run it, it it's so perfect. The the precision like it's and it sounds crazy because it's the wing T offense, but it's just it's insane watching them run it. And especially with Evan Peruski there at quarterback. Fourth year starter. Fourth year starter. He just went over uh three thousand rushing yards for his career. And uh it was kind of interesting. There was a story in the Huron County View. Uh, Paul Adams, uh, after they beat Lakers, that was the game where he got his, uh, you know, 3,000 career yards. And uh, Coach Sweeney was like, you know, for most of his career, he's been our fourth option out of the backfield, (laughs) which is – It's true. It's true, and it's it's crazy. And, uh, you know, this year they did have to, you know, tweak some things in the backfield. They lost a lot of talent from last year's team. And um, the crazy thing about Ubley this year is – you know, they've made some changes offensively. Uh, they've moved some players around, and uh, they've got some younger players. So this is a team that's going to get better every week, which sounds crazy, but um, that's just the way it goes at Ubley, and that's the way it goes when you're you're running that type of offense. Well, if he keeps his pace going, Caden Peruski is going to yeah. pass Evan uh-huh. in touchdowns by the end of this season because mm-hmm. he's just scoring multiple touchdowns every game. We talked about it in the summer. I looked at these schedules, uh, and and I know you know what I know now is bad acts graduated a lot of guys. Lakers a bit and down. they're down. Lakers a bit uh, down. But still, I was looking at this at Everest, and they won by 37. At, uh, played Lakers, beat them by 42. At Marlette, win the game by 22. Beach is a home game. Memphis is a home game. Bad Axe is a home game. But then they have to play at Sandusky, at Cassidy, at Montrose to close out the season. And Beach is doing the same thing. They've had a harder schedule to at start. At Mooney, Cass City at home, Bad Axe at home. They're going to Ubley. Marlette's a home game, Sandusky's a home game, and maybe it's a good year to play those teams at home because they're both good. They're both improved. And then at Memphis, at Lakers, and Beale City Mm -hmm. to close out the regular season. And you might have to play them again if you get to the semifinals because Beale City always gets to the semifinals. Right. So this is going to be a big game, but I guess the undercard, the semi-main in the GTC East, having Marlette and Sandusky match up. Correct me if I'm wrong. These are two of your teams. These yes. seem like two playoff teams, oh, two teams that, you know, if they were in a league that wasn't populated with Ubley and Harbor Beach would probably be contenders in most average small school conferences. I think uh, especially this year when you look at the Greater Thumb East compared to the Greater Thumb West, um, I think Harbor Beach, Ubley, Marlette, Sandusky, uh, maybe even throwing Bad X would all have a chance of winning the Greater Thumb West. Um, but this year in, in the Greater Thumb East, you know, that top, the top tier, Ubley Harbor Beach, it's hard to break into that. 
Um, but this this is the year for Marlette and Sandusky. Um, they they uh, both have uh, huge senior classes. Um, and Sandusky was a team when we were looking at them in the preseason when, when we didn't really even know much about them. You look at that schedule and you're like, okay, that that's a playoff team. Mm-hmm. No, even in Sandusky's down years, that's a playoff. Their team crossovers aren't the strongest. Exactly, but now we've seen we've actually seen Sandusky and how they've performed, and they're a legitimate team this year. And we've talked about this before with Sandusky. They kind of go in waves. Uh, they'll they'll be down for a couple years, and they'll have this this sophomore group come together. And that that third year when they're all seniors, that's the year. And uh, I think we're seeing that with Sandusky this year. Um, the run game, it's a uh, classic Sandusky, you know, they also run the wing T and with Sandusky, when they run the wing T, it's a lot of like grinding it out. And then all of a sudden they'll hit a 60 yarder and, uh, they have that big play ability this year. Last year, they didn't really quite have that big play ability. Um, but this year we've seen that. And uh, Carter Kraus, um, he's actually the leading rusher in Sanilac County. And then uh, Jackson Reinke, he's just a spark plug offensively where he's doing a lot of different things. And he's also – he's he's really the big play uh, running back out of the backfield. Um, they do have a sophomore quarterback, Tyler Bush. Um, he's probably the youngest starter uh, offensively or defensively. Um, but the offensive line mostly made up of seniors, and um, if you're Sandusky, that's that's when you're going to be successful when you have that offensive line play. You know, Ubley, Sandusky, Harbor Beach—they're all three and zero, and they all kind of do the same things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's Marlette. they spread the field. Mm-hmm. Sarton will throw the ball, mm-hmm. um, and and I'd almost—I mean, I, I've only. I saw them against Mooney last year. They were pass first, run second. Mm-hmm. They pass to set up the run. Um, but they're a, they do it a little bit different. But they kind of strike me as an interest. I'm interested in this Marlette team. How have they been playing? Um, and, and you know, does that style stick out like a sore thumb up there and that's why they can't get over the top? Or is it why – they're kind of in the mix. I think, uh, you know, offensively, that's why they're in the mix is because they are different. And uh, Marlette, as a program, you know, back in the 90s, they were probably the worst football program in the thumb. Um, I believe there was a, a stretch of either three or four seasons where they didn't win a game. So when you bring in oh. Denny Lester, he, you know, hey, we got to do something different. The, the, what we're doing isn't working. And um, they've kind of built their identity around that. Um, but as you mentioned, you saw them at Cardinal Mooney last year in the playoffs. Um, they were a year ahead of schedule last year. I don't think they expected to be a playoff team last year, but with the way their offense played, that carried them into the playoffs. Now, uh, I'm sure you would uh, agree against Cardinal Mooney, the offense looked pretty good for yeah. Marlette. The defense, on the other hand, not so good. And that's been a point of emphasis for Marlette this this offseason is, hey, we know what we have offensively. We have a senior quarterback. We have two senior running backs. We have, you know, seniors along the offensive line. And this is this is a team that only lost not not two, not even two starters. They lost two players from last season. 
They returned 99% of their rushing. Yeah. Um, so, okay, we know what we have offensively. Let's focus on the defense. And we kind of saw that um, against USA because Marlette, it, it's tough for Marlette because, um, especially being in the greater thumb east, because Marlette traditionally has struggled stopping the wing tee. That's a uh, bad problem to have yeah, up bad there. bad problem to have. But uh, they shut it down against USA. Their defense forced six turnovers. Now, granted, USA isn't you know what USA used to be, but it's encouraging to see those things. Um, and then the Carroll game too. You know they gave up I think eighty six total yards of offense. Um, it's all right. And you know the ugly the ugly score. It, it's weird because you have to. It, it was seven to six with like ninety seconds to go in the right. half. And it's it's all about perspective when you're playing ugly. You know, like any any other game, it's like oh you lost thirty four to twelve. And it's like. Well, no. I mean, that's Upley's yeah, closest well, that, league yeah, win in like two or three right, years. Right. Like, it, I think the last closest win was that Harbor Beach game in twenty one when they won by seventeen. Mm-hmm. Like that. When I saw it was seven to six near half, and Upley mm-hmm. scored right before the horn, and you know, Coach that, Lester said that was kind of the backbreaker, yeah. but. That made me turn my head and go, okay, one, either Ubley's not what Ubley's been, or Marlette's a legit contender. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a little bit of both. And, again, Ubley's going to get to that point where they are, that mm-hmm. that that top-tier elite team in the state. Um, but they're not quite there yet. But it's also – Marlette is an elite team. Um, they've been playing good football. And that was a 0-0 game after the first quarter. Um, when was the last time Ubley was shut out in the first quarter? Right, right. Maybe, maybe when was the, the last time Ubley was shut out in a quarter that there wasn't running time in. Right, maybe, right. <laughs> maybe the state title game. Yeah. I think they might have been shut out in the first quarter in the state title game, mm-hmm. but darn. Right, like if that's the only time it's happened. Right. So and and yeah, that score right before the the end of the half that that was a, a killer because. Now it's the second half, and Ubley gets to do what Ubley does. Mm-hmm. You know they're going to grind it out on you, and if you if you have to punt it even once, it's pretty much game over, which is kind of what happened. Well, in the Sandusky Marlette game, Marlette winning it last year was the difference between them making the playoffs and not. Yeah. Yep. Now I think both these teams will end up in the playoffs, but this was a big game for them last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Memphis Bad Axe, the other GTC East game before we go to eight man and. Well, we just talked a lot about the GTC East, and they might not. There's a chance that Ubley Harbor Beach is not the biggest game in the thumb this week right. with Brown City Deckerville. Yeah. Good Lord, mm-hmm. what is going to happen in this one? Deckerville seems like they are a vintage Deckerville team where they will boat race you, but all Brown City has done since they have been in eight man is win and win and win unless they're playing the Onion Kings. Right. <laughs> and that's the only team they can't beat. Yeah, right. Martin's the only team that's beaten them. And then they were the best. Martin was the best eight-man team in the state last year, at least in D1. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was too much of a stretch saying Brown City was number two. Right. I would say that semifinal game was more of the state final game. I mean, it, that was the two top yeah. teams right there. Um, and when you think about the names that Brown City lost last year, you think, okay, they're gonna they're gonna drop off a little bit. I think they had it's seven, only natural. seven or eight seniors. Their entire offensive line, uh, Justin Kleinsmith, uh, Aaron Jones, Seth Hiles, all seniors. Justin Kleinsmith was the offensive lineman of the year in the thumb. Uh, 
Kyle Affer, Clint Ford, um, Hunter Ostrander, uh, all these names are gone, and you're like, okay, they're going to have to take a little bit of a step back. Um, but no, I mean, not even not even slightly. I mean, it, it it's ridiculous. And the key has been, first of all, the defense. Um, they've put an emphasis on the defense. And, uh, you know, I talked to Coach Cooper after the Kingston game last week, and he said, that that's our identity. You know, we are a, a, a defensive football team. And when you hold a team like Kingston to 20 points, I believe you. I think you are a good, good defensive team. And uh, offensively, uh, you know, it's it, he, he said it's, it, it's not the Kyle Affer show anymore. Mm-hmm. It's we have a lot of different guys, and we're going to be able to do a lot of different things. You're not going to be able to just key on one guy. Um, but at the center of it all um, is uh, – sophomore Lawson Cooper. Yeah, I was going to say, they still have Cooper at quarterback, yes, right? Yes, they do. Yeah. And he was, he was a freshman starter last year. And, you know, when you have that senior group and you have Kyle Affer and Clint Ford in the backfield, you don't really need to do much. You can learn. You can right. sit back and, yep. and take it all in. He did, have some, he did have some big games. He did make some big plays. But this year, it's on him to direct that offense. And um, – it's it, so the, with Cooper offensively, it's one thing, but defensively, he's the quarterback as well. He's, he's playing the safety position, and that's going to be the key against Deckerville is uh, Brown City's uh, defensive backfield because this Deckerville team is a little bit different than well, the teams you, in the past. I was going to Sarah say, with, with, <laughs> with all that said, with all that said. Brown City, by the numbers, has the worst offense and the worst defense right. because Deckerville has outscored their opponents two hundred to six mm-hmm. through three weeks. Can Brown City change that? So here's Deckerville. Uh, it's similar to Elmont. You know, mm-hmm. Elmont hasn't really hasn't really played that uh, tough team. Yeah. Right. I, I was so, going to say Brown City's got the tougher re- they, resume just based on the Kingston. They beat game. Kingston, so uh, they've they they have the better win. Uh, now you can't take anything away from what Deckerville's done in those wins. Uh, 76 to nothing over Dryden, uh, 58 to six over K-Pack. Um, the Dryden game, uh, that was 48, nothing at halftime. And the rest of the scoring was the backups. So, but this year with Deckerville, and I know you saw them against K-Pack last year, traditionally. And against Brown city in the playoffs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. With Deckerville, they're they're such a run heavy team, and they'll kind of lull you to sleep in that way. They'll they'll just keep running it and running it and running it, and then there's a play action where a tight end slips away and he's wide open fifty yards down the field. This year, with Hunter Garza at quarterback, Deckerville they they're not trying to trick anybody. <laughs> there's we're gonna pass. We're gonna go spread. We're gonna throw it around. We have all these different receiving options. We don't care if you know that we're going to pass. We're going to do it anyway. And they have they have the talent to do it. They have a lot of great receivers. Uh, Ian Flanagan has over 200 yards receiving already. David Shanks has seven catches. Six of them are for touchdowns. I was oh. going to say, they completed six passes last week. Mm-hmm. Five were touchdowns. Right. And I want to give credit to Bill Brown. He's yeah. been around how yep. long? Yep. And, Dennis, you've been around a long time. Mm-hmm. How many coaches that have been at a place one time go, it works because it's the system, mm-hmm. and the system works. If it's a square peg, I'm making it round and getting it through the hole. 
I'll give a credit for for an old dog changing up mm-hmm. his tricks a little bit and being able to adapt with the players that have come into Deckerville. Absolutely, and the, the a couple of things with Deckerville um, on the defensive side of the ball, they don't have a senior starter. And when you think about that, oh, good like, lord, right? <laughs> and this is something <clears throat> hasn't that, hurt that, him yet. That Bill Brown said last year is you know he he likes when he has underclassmen in the in the starting lineup because you're going to see a lot more improvement from mm-hmm. the younger guys throughout the season whereas with a senior you know what you're going to get um and then um uh they have one kid that is starting both ways and that's Preston Holman and that that's was, really impressive for yes, Deckerville yeah and it, it Damn. hasn't it hasn't been like that in a long time and, um, you know, Bill uh, mentioned this after the K-Pack win. He's like, that. it hasn't been like this since 2012 when they, they won the state title. How many kids do they have on their team? Ballpark. Mm. 20? 25? I guess probably 25 would probably be a little bit closer. I mean, th- there are 11-man teams that have mm-hmm. 25 kids. Yeah. yeah. So when you're... You're telling me they could have done all right in the GTC? <laughs> right. To make that league tougher. Right. And the thing <laughs> with, with Deckerville, they still have that elite running game as well. You know, Dylan Ball has 400 yards rushing in just three games. So they're going to grind teams down. And in the fourth quarter, when they have fresh legs and you don't, um, that's that's going to be a problem. And when it comes to the Brown City game, um, last season in the playoffs, it was... Uh, it wasn't even close. It was I, – I don't uh, – I'm not sure what the score it was. It was right like 56 man. to 8 or something. 52 like to 6. Yeah, 52 and to 6. It wasn't – I was on the sidelines and I was talking to Dan Brown, Bill's brother, the defensive coordinator, and he said, you know, sometimes it's not X's and O's, it's Jimmy's and Joe's. Mm-hmm. And Deckerville just didn't – they didn't have the Jimmy's and Joe's last year. This this year they do. So yeah. it, Defense was actually their, their shortcoming last year yes. at Deckerville. Yep. Yep, and um, it's the defense is there. Um, it, granted, they they haven't really played anybody yet, but K Pack is they have some size. Well, I they think K Pack looks worse because of the Deckerville loss. Right, they bl- they blew out North Huron, mm-hmm. and then they lost a close one to Atherton. And Atherton played Mayville close. Um, so at- I think the Deckerville loss makes that resume look worse than it actually is. Yeah. And the other thing, Deckerville's been doing it on special teams, too. I, I don't have the number offhand, but they have multiple kickoff returns for touchdowns. Um, in the Ashley game and in the uh, Dryden game last week, the second-half opening kickoff, they took it back for a touchdown. And um, so it, it's all three facets of the game for Deckerville. And it's going to be a challenge um, for Brown City. I think Brown City's up to that challenge. Um, because their defense is probably – it's hard to say because last year they were so good, but that defense just looks so much different this year and so much better. It's when – they're, when they're wrapping up a ball carrier, it's not two guys. It's four guys. It's five guys. They have the nose for the football. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, forcing three turnovers in the first half against Kingston um, – during Owen Corliss's time at Kingston, nobody's been able to figure out how to stop him, and Brown City did. So, right. um, it at, at this point it could go either way, and that's why I think it's going to come down to the defensive. Well, backs. you're going to have to pick it in a little know, bit before we get to that. <laughs> and it's a um, Thursday night game, so if yeah. you're listening 
to this the picks will Thursday, close Thursday, Thursday it's tonight. Yeah. So. Um, but also maybe not as in depth. But Peck plays Ashley. Peck's a younger team. Peck is a younger team. Yeah, and uh, that was uh, kind of on display against Akron Fairgrove last week. That was uh, Peck was up twenty eight fourteen at halftime, twenty two unanswered in the second half for Akron Fairgrove. Granted, Akron Fairgrove's pretty good this year. I think uh, when it comes down to the stripes, it's them and All Saints. And I only say All Saints because they've blown out everybody they've played. Um, but I don't really know that they've played anybody yet. Right. Um, but Peck, yeah, they're going to be a team that we're going to see a lot of improvements throughout the season, um, especially defensively. They have a few freshman starters on the defense, a couple sophomores starting. Um, they do have that offensive line that's going to be able to carry them to a few wins. And uh, Carson Lieblang in the backfield, he's really emerged as a as a, a big player for them. Um, he had uh, over 200 yards against Caseville. He had over 100 yards last week against Akron Fairgrove. Uh, so they found that bell cow in the backfield to replace Caleb Lettner. Uh, Kel Hyden's been playing pretty good at quarterback. Um, Peck is a team that traditionally has not thrown the ball around, and uh, they have the the options uh, receiving. Um, they the, Peck they'll they'll be fine. Um, tough tough start to the season. Take them a little bit to f- learn. Yeah, figure it out. Uh, that that Brown City game that's tough. Uh, you yeah. Know, back back in the day, Peck and Brown City always opened up the regular season, and and that uh, might not be a good idea. Anymore. No, no, it's it's a fun rivalry. I love covering it and everything, but it's it's a little bit different now with the uh, enrollment differences. Right. Okay. Um. Last one. CPS. Tell us a bit about the Tigers. Yeah. Oh and three, but they're trying to kind of keep the program afloat yeah just a note about that pet game too that's a saturday noon kickoff oh okay um but yeah cps this is a program the past few years they've been taking steps in the right direction um from you know going all the way back to 2018 when they played a junior varsity schedule Mm -hmm. um they've 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 made the steps to build this program back up um Unfortunately, this year the numbers are down a little bit, and that's the one thing when when you're rebuilding a program. That's the one thing that you you, you have no control of mm-hmm. is you know how many kids you got in the school. Um, but I, I really like the new coach, uh, Mark Beamish. Um, he's he's uh, brought an interesting offense to CPS, and this this past game against Ashley, unfortunately, a tough loss, but. You know, when talking to one of the assistant coaches at CPS, he said um, the offense finally started doing what it is supposed to do. And uh, they have a great quarterback in uh, Colton Sharp. He rushed for 222 yards last week, uh, threw for another 100-something. And um, their offensive line, uh, they're all returning starters. So if they get that offense if they get that offense rolling, you know, this is a team that's going to be able to pick up a few wins. And if you pick up a few wins, that's going to, you know, well, get the next more two games, interested. North Huron and, and New Haven Merritt are winnable games. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say they have a chance this week because North Huron's down. And in fact, they're so down that Caseville snapped a, what, a 38 game losing streak last yeah, week against yeah. them. Yeah. And that's, uh, my Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eagles. And that, that, that says a little bit about Caseville, too. They're they a good team this year. Uh, I think they wish they could have that pet game back. But um, 
but yeah, CPS is going to be all right. Um, they've already, you know, they started when I did their team photo before the season. They had ten guys um, at the Akron Fair, Fairgrove game. They had fourteen, so they're already, you know, that's a that's a huge that's, difference. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's um, I've seen some good things from CPS. The Akron Fairgrove game was was pretty tough, um, but there were times in the game where. Okay, they'd have Akron Fairgrove in third and long or fourth and, and long. And just couldn't get off the field. Just, yeah, it was just one big play. And um, but I think with this offense, if they can get it get it going the way it was going against Ashley in the second half, this is a team that's going to win some games. All right, all right, Dennis. Uh, I did want to mention because we're carrying the game Saturday. Mooney has Shrine. Uh, Mooney coming off uh, their first win of the season. Shrine's been terrible for the first week, three weeks of the season. So this should be another should be a chance fun one for, for Mooney, Mooney to pick up a win and get back to 500. Yeah, they kind of got lost. In and the it's shot. their league opener. And they're not on the picks this week because yeah. it might be. But, Dennis, we, we had – that was a great segment with, with Mike that uh, – Help delay you having to do the picks because <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say now let's, might, let's screw up what's been a good show with the picks. This is what this is uh, kind of evil. How hard the picks are. There are like two games that right now I know with a hundred percent certainty who I'm picking. The other eight are just kind of all right. Let's see how I feel when it's my turn. Yeah, the thing that sucks. But, but watch how Brady cheats because when it comes to a game he's not sure about. He listens to who we're going to no. pick first before he makes. <laughs> I his have decision. an order. It starts with the guest, and then yeah, we go you clockwise. Don't, uh, you don't there. follow oh, okay. it, okay? And 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 you know that going in, so you go like, okay, I'm going to have him picture. Okay, I'm going to put this game here. Put mm-hmm. this game here. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I I see you pick third all the time. So I'm you got second Mar- this time because it goes clockwise. Marlette Sandusky. Oh, that's such a tough game to pick first. It with. It is. Well, that's such an easy game to pick first with. It is. Oh yeah. So I'd be two, five, and eight or whatever. And usually the last one I have the guest start us off. But uh-huh. that's when it's their school, and he's just the thumb. So uh, yeah. he has like five schools he gets to represent. Let me yeah. get the picks page up here. Where? But anyway, why Brady don't you? Has been why don't slipping you, lately? So he why don't go, you go out of his a, way to cheat. Why don't you go to a break and then we'll do all this when we come back? Okay, I can do that. Maybe. Too many mouses in front of me today. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Fransic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. Call us at 800 848 5150. 
Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, Overhead Doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810-987-2185. This is McKenna Kitely from Port Huron Northern at Port Huron Schools. As a high school student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region here at Port Huron Schools. The district provides personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. I know that I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the court. I also know that they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools has prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. And you're back here with Dennis Brady and Mike Gallagher. The pick's coming up in a moment. But first, Dennis, we are going to take a look at the overall standings because we had a few perfect weeks last week, including, I don't know if this has ever happened before, we had someone with back-to-back perfect weeks. Really? Calvin in Port Huron with back-to-back 10-0 and weeks is now 27-3 and and has wow. a three-game advantage on any other listener. Wow. 10 and 0 for back to back weeks. So Calvin has the magic sauce, and I believe he's ahead of any one of us. Is that correct? Well, let's see. Uh, our leaders are actually our guests. No pressure here, Mike. Yeah, see, that's what I was worried about. They're 24 and 5, a one game lead over Brady 20, and uh, myself. And five? 24 and 5. That, they're missing a game then because mm-hmm. we've done 30. So or I just added wrong. Yeah, so is it twenty five and five or twenty? Uh, let's see, six here. and twenty four and six. Let's uh, see, eight and two, nine and one is seventeen and three. So that's three losses. And what they do last? Oh week? yeah, I didn't put in the Mooney game. So Mooney. they're twenty five and five. I went nine and one last week. Look at you go! <laughs> Added a win to your resume. You went eight and two. So twenty four and six, yeah, twenty five and five. The guests went eight and two. So Calvin has a two game lead on even the best of all of us. Yeah, so we're both twenty four and six. Our guests are twenty five and five. We're a game behind the guests, uh, and the overalls for the uh, listeners they've improved to twenty one and eight, which uh, and have actually been really and nine or twenty two and eight. Uh, yeah, twenty two and eight, uh, okay. and they've been uh, actually coming on since week one. They had a rough week one, but since then they they've actually the what seven nine and, and one last week and eight and two in week two. So yeah, they started off five and five, but who 
I saw too many 10 and O's on there, so I had to up the difficulty. There were a few layups last week. Not as many. Uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's get into the thick of it. It's time for the picks. Oh, yeah. And he's going to roll out looking to throw. Pressure coming from Gavin Troy, who sacks him back near midfield. I thought this was America. Huh? Isn't this America? Snap, pitch, near side Mulberg, across midfield, has a blocker to the outside, 45-40, 35-30, and he's knocked out of bounds. No! He tiptoes inbounds and taken into the house. Jackson Mulberg, I don't know how he did it. Out of the gun, Minetti looking from the 29. He's firing deep. He's got a man out there. It's Browning, and he's got it for the score. Kubiak snap, straight drop, all day to throw. Pump fake wants the deep ball, looking for Monarch, and it's caught in the corner of the end zone. You're going to know what the proper ratio is on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> He's outrunning everyone. Belly Grappi again, this time for 74 yards and the score. I want my picks back. I want David Putney. I want David Putney on my team too, Brady. That made the Browns a Super Bowl contender. All right. As we mentioned, uh, all the standings, Calvin and Port Huron's leading everyone, but let's get right into it. This is going to be a thumb-centric pick. That's why we have Mike Gallagher on, but there are some big ones up there we can't ignore, and it starts Thursday night, Brown City at Deckerville. Two 3-0 teams. We just talked about it for 10 minutes. Mike, these are two teams you are very familiar with. You're going to have to pick a favorite child. Who wins this game and why? Yeah, so uh, before the season when you guys put out your first picks, I uh, mm. I started filling it out, and I got about halfway through, and I was like, you know what? I, I don't know enough about these teams, <laughs> so I'm not going to even try. Maybe if they do some more thumb teams, I'll, I'll get into it. Um, not like this, though. <laughs> now, now we got all the thumb teams you, in there. You got what you go, wanted, the monkey paw <laughs> curls. <laughs> right. Uh, but this one, uh, again, it's going to come down to uh, how Garza plays against Brown City's defensive backs. For Brown City, it's um, they've kind of been playing with that chip on their shoulder of, okay, everybody thinks we're, we're done. Well, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to hang around for a little bit longer. And, uh, you know, last year playing that independent schedule, they, they didn't get to play anybody in the thumb until the playoffs, but um, they want people to know that they're they're the best team in the thumb. And last week was a step towards doing that, beating Kingston. Um, I think Deckerville has a similar chip on their shoulder. When they got, you know, they got beat up by Brown City in the playoffs last year, and that's something that um, Deckerville's probably talking about right now. They've probably been talking about it all week. Um, it's hard to it's hard to win in Deckerville. Uh, Brown City hasn't had to go play in Deckerville in quite some time. Um, it's uh, it's gotta a, pick a favorite child, Mike. <laughs> Come on, give me the Eagles at home. Yeah, Brown City. They're not done in eight man. They're not done in the thumb. But this year, Deckerville's a wagon. I I think this could be a a really, really good Deckerville team. It won't be a blowout, but Deckerville's getting the win at home. Dennis Stuckey. Brown City. Really? Somebody's got to pick the Green Devils. Mm -hmm. They, again, the Kingston win. They've played a a tough opponent. They've been in a tough game. Deckerville has not yet. Okay, and the people agree with Dennis. It was close. 54% 54% of the people taking Brown City, nearly a split decision. We're going to stay in the thumb, and we're going to stay in eight-man football. Two teams that have struggled, but 
We wanted to get Carsonville Port Sanilac out here, and they play North Huron. They are hosting North Huron, correct? And this is a two a matchup of two 0-3 teams. I like CPS. I do hope they get it right. I just think North Huron's going to have a little more on the road. Give me the Warriors to beat the Tigers. Dennis Stuckey. CPS. CPS. <laughs> CPS. Um, North Huron got outscored 100 to nothing in their first two games, and they lost last week to a team that hadn't won in like five years. CPS is going to win this game. I, Gallagher. I, I do have a lot of faith in uh, head coach Chad Knobloch at North Huron. I do think that's a team that's going to get better. But give me CPS this week. Uh, CPS has been able to stop the run. Um, when they lost to Ashley, most of that was through the air. Uh, so CPS, they can stop the run defensively. The offense is, is starting to look like an offense. Give me the Tigers. And the people are with the Tigers. 54% of the people taking Carsonville Port Sanilac. All right, to 11-man football doesn't get any easier. Marlette goes to take on the Wolves in Sandusky. Marlette has a blemish on their record, but they had to play ugly. Dennis Stuckey, you get us started. Does Marlette bounce back, or does Sandusky stay for stay undefeated and go to 4-0? Well, I really wish this game were in Marlette because I'm picking the Raiders, and going to Sandusky is not going to be an easy uh, task. But uh, I haven't seen the Wolves play. I know they're better this year. But I just I like that Marlette team. I kind of fell in love with them in that playoff game last year. I like the spread. I'm spreading it out to Marlette. Mike Gallagher. I'm also going to go Marlette, but that's the, another coin flip game because I do think Sandusky is vastly improved. I think they are a great football team. I just haven't seen them against you know, uh, a, a great team. I think mm -hmm. the, the Reese win was nice. Uh, Reese is a good team, but um, what I saw from Marlette in the loss against Ubley is more than what I've seen from Sandusky in their wins, if that makes sense. And that's it right there. Marlette having it as basically a one-point game on the eve of halftime against Ubley. Now that sounds like loser talk. That sounds like, mm -hmm. wow, moral victories. It, against Ubley the past three years, that's a big step, especially for a program like Marlette. They're tested. Sandusky's not. Give me Marlette on the road. The people disagree. 79% wow. going with okay. Sandusky. You see the 3-0, mm -hmm. and that looks enticing, but you gotta got to get into the meat and potatoes mm -hmm. of it. The backyard brawl. An orange and black team and a black and orange team up in the thumb. Harbor Beach has to travel inland. They have to get off their ships and go to Ubley. This has been a game that Ubley has taken care of business the last couple years. Mike Gallagher, you get us started. Does anything change this year? I really, really, really want to pick Harbor Beach in this one. but I, I So just, do it. I, I just go ahead, do it. <laughs> pick against Ubley. Ubley, it's, it, 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 it kind of is the perfect storm. You know, uh, Marlette. Took advantage of, of some things against Dudley, uh, you know, Marlette Force of, uh, of a turnover in the first quarter. Uh, Harbor Beach has been, you know, be, been getting beaten by Ubley uh, the past few years. Um, it's homecoming for Ubley, which is always a little bit of a distraction. Yep. Um, Harbor Beach. Ah. Give me the Pirates. Oh, Give me the Pirates. did it. Give me the All pirates. right. Well, I'm glad we're getting the game back because I'm not picking against Ubley, and I'm sure <laughs> as hell not picking against Ubley me. at home. <laughs> Come on. You know you know this is a pro-Ubley podcast. Dennis, are yeah. you going to disagree with me? 
Bearcats will win. Maybe it's a little closer this year, mm-hmm. but the Bearcats will win. And the people agree. We have influenced the people, 80% of the people taking Ubley. You know what? If Harbor Beach wins, I feel like that should be worth two, but it's not. All right, let's get out of Mike's comfort zone. We're going to go to the MAC for a little bit. Clintondale is host is going to St. Clair. Excuse me. Yes, Clintondale's at St. Clair, correct? Yes. yes. Weren't they at St. Clair last year? Uh, well, uh, schedule is weird. Anyway. He's played in Frazier two years in a row. Clinton, yeah, that is true. Clintondale at St. Clair. St. Clair is 1-2. Clintondale's 1-2. But St. Clair has... Made some strides offensively. I will get us started. I'm taking St. Clair. I don't think they'll blow out Clintondale, but I think this is a St. Clair team trying to build on what was a moral victory last week. Dennis Stuckey. I'm taking the the Saints because I, I believe in this defense, and I'm hoping that the offense will be able to score on Clintondale. So, I, I again, I, I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game, but I think the Saints will score more than the Dragons. Mike Gallagher. This is the portion of the picks where I just regurgitate talking points that you guys have brought <laughs> on the past couple of shows. Uh, but St. Clair, uh, that was what a tie game in the third quarter. Yeah, it was last twenty week. to twenty. Uh, that's uh, again you talk about uh, kind of loser talk, uh, moral victories. Right. But that, that's a great, uh, great showing for St. Clair. Give me the Saints. All right, let's. T- oh, by the way, the people eighty-seven percent on St. Clair to get the win. This is. A show-me game for Marysville. They're 2-1. and one. They travel down to undefeated Lamphere. This has been a really good rivalry game the last few years. There have been some battles between these two teams. Dennis Stuckey, do, does Marysville finally earn some of that respect they lost in Week 1 back, or do the Rams stay undefeated? Well, you know, uh, Marysville plays well against Lamphere, uh, and they beat them last year at home and then lost down there in the playoffs. Sakuchi plays Lamphere. Some of his biggest games have been against Lamphere, but I just feel like Lamphere is the best offense Marysville has faced since week one, Mm -hmm. and they'll be tested, so they're going to have to prove it to me. I'm going to take the Rams. Mike Gallagher. I think Marysville, uh, uh, whether it was deserved or not, they were coming into the season with a lot of preseason hype. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first week of the season may be a little bit of a humbler. Yep. Uh, so you go back to the drawing board, you make things right the next uh, two weeks. Um, I think they're headed in the right direction, and I'll take the Vikings. I really, 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 really want to pick Marysville. But I told myself after week one, they have to earn it back. And beating Hazel Park and beating... Who uh, South Southlake is not yeah. earning it back. I want Marysville to win this game, but I have to pick Lamphere. And at that home. might be the motivation that gets them over the Hopefully top. Is that we win against? I them. hope I'm nine and one, and this is the one I'm wrong with. People agree with with me and Dennis. There are seventy five percent of the people on Lamphere. All right, these two get a little easier. Port here on Northern on a two game winning streak. Two and one go down to zero and three. Sterling Heights. Mike, get us started. Uh, I think this will be a quick segment of picks. Yeah, give me Northern. Yeah, Northern. <laughs> uh, I think Northern and Sterling Heights under .5 points. Uh, Dennis Stuckey. Yeah, PHN's going to win. All right, 95% of people are taking Port here on Northern. As of right now, two people have picked Sterling Heights. Yeah, probably Port here on people. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Port here on people will get to watch their Red Hawks take on Frazier at home. Both teams 2-1. and one. I get us started with this one. 
Frazier's 2-1, and one, and Port Huron's 2-1, and one, not the same. Port Huron's loss was Anchor Bay. Frazier's loss was Warren Woods Tower. Give me Port Huron and buy a few scores. Dennis, I think you'll be in your rocking chair by the Down goes Frazier. Down goes <laughs> Frazier. Every, Frazier. Year. Every, Every year. year. That's why I love having this game on here. My uh, PH wins. Northern, Northern and Frazier won't be on the picks now. <laughs> um, Gallagher, sweet for PH. Yeah, give me PH. 84% of the people are taking PH as well. All right, let's go back to the BWAC. It's going to get a little tougher. Yale goes to Richmond. Both teams have to have this game. Yale off a loss. Richmond trying to climb back into the top tier of BWAC teams, the top half of the league. Dennis Stuckey in Richmond on Coker Field. Ben Bolt Stadium, who wins this game? Well, I mean, I really do feel Richmond is a much better team this year. I really like that defense. But we've been talking about give me a show-me win. Yale has a show-me win. They bounce back from last week's loss. Yale wins the game. Mike Gallagher, you at least kind of know Yale and Richmond. Yeah, yep. I actually saw Richmond against Croslex. Uh, Yale, I saw them last year. Um, the question for that I've been going over is, did last week's game tell us more about Yale or did it tell us more about North Branch? And I kind of think it tells us more about North Branch. I think Yale is still an elite offensive team. I think North Branch might just be a very, very, very good defensive team. Um, Richmond, also a very good defensive team, I would say. Uh, they, they were able to shut down Croslex to an extent. Um, give me Richmond at home. Last night, I was sitting there doing the dishes, and I had my headphones in, and I'm having an existential crisis about who I'm going to pick in this game. <laughs> I was dreading picking this game. Um, I still don't know. You know what? Screw it. Bartels game-winning field goal. Richmond go. at home. Uh, and I'm probably going to regret it in five minutes and then love it again right. ten minutes later. <laughs> the people, very confident on Yale. 70% of people are picking the Bulldogs. Now to our final game of the week. Undefeated, unscored on Almont goes up to North Branch. By the way, hey, they paved the road going to the field up at North Branch. <laughs> they are modernizing up in Bronco country. <laughs> Two and I one North like Branch. I kind of like the dirt road going in I know. House. It had an aesthetic yeah. to yeah. it, but at least yeah. now I don't have to get a new suspension every time I go do a game. But Mike Gallagher, you start us off. Almont stay undefeated, or does North Branch get a second statement <laughs> win in a row? I think North Branch is a team that everybody kind of slept on after that week one. You know, in week one, everybody in the BWAC won except for North Branch. And you're going, ah, okay, I guess North Branch yeah. is down a little bit. Uh, turns out the team they lost to is just really good. Um, the, 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 what, what North Branch did to Yale's offense last week is uh, just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, the, the, the stats that um, they held Yale to um they Yale hasn't performed that poorly on offense in a long time um so I think North Branch has a pretty special defense this year uh Almont we don't really know because they haven't really played anybody yet we know that they're always great they're always one of the top teams mm -hmm. in the BWAC um but at this point in the season uh give me North Branch at home so after I got done with the plates and I went to the pots and pans doing dishes, I started worrying about this game and going, who the hell am I going to pick? Um, because North Branch at home is just so good. Mm -hmm. Like, Cross-Lex, the, the Mike and Mike connection couldn't go out to Never North Branch and get a win. They only yeah. beat them at Cross-Lex. I don't believe Almont went up because they lost in, what, overtime uh, a couple years ago. I 
I'm just going to go with the Dennis Duckey special. When you're split, go with the home team. I love Almont so much, but mm-hmm. I'm taking North Branch. Dennis Duckey. Um, I, I don't know who's going to win this game, but I'm going to uh, go against what you guys do. I'm picking Elmont because you guys picked North Branch. <laughs> that's fair. Okay, well, that, That's what I'm going to do because I don't really know. I, I think North Branch might be the actual favorite in this game, but until somebody beats Elmont, I'm just going to assume Elmont's I mean, really good. I can't, I can't believe I just picked against someone who hasn't given up a friggin' point yet. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's my thing. I don't care if you're beating Little Sisters of the Poor. They're beating them 58 to nothing. Mm-hmm. They're getting it done. I do think that North Branch is, is really good. I think this is going to be a hell of a game. And they both passed the eye test when I went up there. North Branch is huge. Mm-hmm. But the people not giving any love to the Broncos, 86% wow. picking Almont. So well, at least is, I can be wrong with a lot of people there if I'm you go. wrong. <laughs> so this was a very divisive week. Dennis Stuckey, would you like to go over all our picks for this week? All right. So uh, you guys take Deckerville. I take Brown City. I'm going to be the smart one there. Brady, the people you, took Brown City as well. Yeah, you you took North Huron. Everybody else is thinking CPS in that one. Uh, we all took Marlette. The the listeners took Sandusky. Overwhelmingly so. We all took uh, Ubley, except for Mike, who took Harbor Beach. That is the 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 Dan Campbell <laughs> ballsiest pick of the week, right there. <laughs> I, I just think you conned Mike yeah, in that one. You tricked one. me. Uh, we all went with St. Clair. Everybody went with uh, Lamphere except for Mike. He's saying Marysville can go and win that uh, game. We actually hope you're right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all took Northern. We all took Port Huron. We're split on Yale and Richmond. You guys took Richmond. Uh, I took Yale along with the listeners. And we're split on North Branch, Almont. And we should be because who knows? Uh, North Branch for the two of you, Almont for me, and the listeners. So. We'll see what happens because the race is kind of tight. Yeah. Uh, yes, and, it and is. as we get into the middle portion of the season, these are all big results. Yes, indeed. This might be the week we look back on and go, that was what doomed me or what propelled someone yeah. to a title. So, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. You want to let everyone know where they can read your stuff or where they can follow you on the socials? Sure, yeah. First, I'd like to apologize to the guest pickers because they're probably going <laughs> to lose their lead this week. Uh, but, yeah, St. Lake County News, uh, it's out every Wednesday. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, we post some stuff on Instagram. We post a lot of photos on our Facebook page. Um, so, yeah, there's actually a new edition on uh, newsstands today. So there you go. Check it out. At, at Sanilac Sports yep. up on X, I guess, now. Yeah, so. yeah. All right, awesome. So, Mike, thank you so much. I'm yeah. glad we got to talk some thumb with you since we couldn't find the, the right connection in the, in the yeah. preseason. Yeah. But I, I actually kind of like doing it now because now we have a lot more to talk about. With I the actually thumb know. Teams. I kind of know what I'm talking about three weeks into it. All right, Dennis. Plug I'm glad one of us does. <laughs> plug where we'll clue. be this week. We have another trifecta for you. Yeah, uh, Friday night uh, you'll find me at Memorial Stadium. Finally, four weeks into the season, and I finally get to see a Port Huron team. Uh, the uh, Red Hawks go up against uh, Frazier, and uh, your Friday night will be spent at this game that we can't figure out that we will figure out on Friday night. North Branch hosting Elmont. That's uh, at 7 o'clock on Stream 2. 
And uh, then on Saturday, I'll go uh, and see uh, Mooney, our, our forgotten child this <laughs> week. Uh, we gave them a lot of love on Tuesday. You well, know, they open league play against a Shrine, and, and they should be undefeated in league play after week one. I'd assume so. And our friend Joe Cook, I believe we're sending him out to Yale-Richmond because if if we could do a third game, he'd be doing that game out there. But we'll at least get a an eyewitness account of that game. Yeah, that, that'll be interesting to uh, to hear what Joe has to say about uh, that one. He's been doing a good job, by the way. Yeah, he has. We're very, very so, happy with, uh, with yes. his performance and so happy, far. Again, yeah. just... You know, getting to see it in person is so much different than seeing a box score. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, Dennis, anything else? Nope. I'm just going to hold my breath now and hope that I didn't bomb the entire season with these picks. (laughs) Whew. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.